Welcome to the Exponential Potential Podcast. Ignite your potential and thrive in times of great change with your hosts, Jennifer Evans and Claire Oatway. Join us and feel uplifted and inspired as we share with you powerful and insightful stories, top tips and tools with our expert guests on an array of topics covering all aspects of life and business designed to ignite your potential and help you thrive in times of great change. Hello and welcome to Exponential Potential Podcast, where anything is possible. And today we are talking about how to effectively destroy the noise. I'm your host, Jennifer Evans, aka Zen Jen. And today I have a very special guest with me, Miss Candy Barone. Welcome, Candy. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. (laughs) It's so good to be here and play with you. Thank you for the invitation. Excellent. Yeah, welcome. It's it's lovely to have you here. It's, yeah, really great to have you here as well. I get this. I love doing this because I was just saying to Candy before we started recording, I get to interview all my friends. It's it's brilliant. (laughs) So, yeah, we're talking about how to effectively destroy the noise. And a little bit about Candy. So she is the CEO and founder of Your Empowered Strong LLC. And I have to say, Candy's a bit of a badass. <laughs> Excuse my American accent. <laughs> um, but she's also an incredibly heart-centered, compassionate, authentic, um, wonderful person who is a soul guide and a thought leader. She's a leadership development expert, international speaker and Amazon best-selling author. So it's my absolute honor that you're here with us. Um, Through Candy's unique frameworks and training, she guides individuals and teams through conscious leadership transformation, where they can learn how to powerfully influence and create impact from a deep space of authenticity, compassion, integrity, and grace. Candy's a catalyst in bringing a new perspective to how we define, model, and activate leadership. And soul leadership, is that something that, that's, I know that's something dear to your heart. You, you lead from your heart and soul all the time. Um, and and it's, very, it's very obvious whenever you interact with Candy, that comes over and it's incredibly obvious. Um, Candy teaches people how to lead from love, with love, and and that actually leadership is a choice, and it's a choice we all have. She emphasizes leadership, um, which leadership is everybody's opportunity, and actually, ultimately, it's a responsibility we all have as well, to, again, leading from our heart and soul to to making this world a, a better place. Hello, doggy in the background <laughs> making a little star we've got a special guest an extra special guest <laughs> oh my god I love the way he's looking at you <laughs> that would be my mom's dog Emma yes welcome oh, to the party <laughs> yeah yeah well all, all pets welcome um and also just a little bit more about Candy um, she's been showcased in publications and spaces, spaces, space, spaces such as CNN.com, US News and World Report, The Austin Statesman, Austin Business Journal, The Chicago Tribune, CI Living, 
and has also served as a panel facilitator for Fast Company at SXSW. I'd like to know what that stands for in a moment. South by Southwest for those. Oh, right. Um, and also has appeared on numerous radio shows, podcasts, and in magazines. So thank you. And what a, um, wow, what a sort of opening for you. I think that's a, just, my heart's filled with all those juicy things that you bring to this world and people you work with. Oh, thank so. you so much, Jenny. You know, I just, I just adore you. And I mean, <laughs> what a beautiful way to just um share a little bit about my background so thank you for that and um I just I'm uh, I'm so like already overflowing (laughs) it's it's turning into a love fest (laughs) that's all right (laughs) yes it was just spreading the love um yes so I'd like to know I mean true you you're clearly passionate and and incredibly committed to to what you do so I just want to find out where did you start how did that, where did that begin for you? And why, why do you do what you do? Yeah, I think that's a, a really powerful question. And I think there's two parts to it. I think truthfully, I started coming out of the womb. There was a knowing, um, it was interesting. Uh, there's a running joke in my family. Um, my mom asked me, even when I made the transition away from corporate to, to do this work more, more intentionally, more purposefully and in my own space, Um, She said, do you remember what you used to say to people when they would ask you what you want to be when you grow up? I said, yes. She goes, no, I mean, do you really remember what you used to say? I mean, I'd be like three years old. And I said, yes. I said, people would say, which by the way, just as a side note, I think that's the most ridiculous question to ask a child. But people would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would say at three years old, it doesn't matter. I'm going to change the world. And people would patronize me and say, oh, that's sweetie, that's cute, but what do you want to be? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm going to change the world. And it would happen like three times. And by the third time, I'd put my hands on my hips and I'd square off and I'd be like, I'm going to change the world and I'm going to write a book. And um, it was just one of those things that I think if you really get honest, um, there's always been a knowing about what has called to me. I think about when we played as kids that I always wanted to play teacher. I wanted to play some sort of way where I was facilitating a room. Um, And then even through my extracurricular activities, through my corporate career, through school, I always found myself gravitating and taking leadership roles that were non-traditional and leadership Mm -hmm. roles that oftentimes were spaces I got to create. And it was only when I started to hit against um, a pretty powerful wall multiple times and, and hitting rock bottom that I realized that the only way I could truly shine in the capacity that I was being called to shine was to leave the comfort of playing in somebody else's sandbox. And so it became really clear that I had a powerful message. And if I stayed in a corporate environment, I was going to continue to be asked to play in the way they needed me to play versus allowing myself to play full out my own integrity integrity and authenticity. And so it sort of was a progression of defining moments and rock bottom and an opportunity for me to get just crystal clear on who I was and allowing that to shine through. So you basically created your own sandbox. Yes. And continue to create my own. Yes. I actually don't like having a box. So I just have a lot of sand that I move all over the place and just (laughs) File up mountains, but there isn't really a sandbox. It's just a lot of sand to play in that's spread out. 
right little little areas over there and an area over there and I could just I just visualizing this massive sandcastle actually that you've built with turrets and (laughs) all sorts of amazing things and waterfalls and moats and (laughs) anything and everything anything Everything and everything the castle changes I get to rebuild it every day or Mm -hmm. make it look different and so that's Mm. the great thing about sand right it's not permanent and so it can move as the water ebbs and flows and I feel like it's very symbolic of mm, yeah. how we move and grow as leaders so yes. um yeah, that, what a what a great analogy <laughs> yeah I love that too so we talk about how to effectively destroy the noise and and noise is an, an acronym so tell us more about what noise means what do you mean yeah, by noise? noise is an acronym that sort of channeled through me. Um, I had written my first book after starting my business, leaving corporate. And one of the chapters in my book was stop shooting all over yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting because I was like, well, that's the S if I were to like, think about, cause it was destroy the noise, stop shooting all over yourself. And I'm like, oh, noise, noise. Cause I do everything by acronyms. You can blame it on my 20 years in corporate, but right, I, yep. love, I love <laughs> it. Acronym. It helps. It really does help anchor in and reinforce um, mm-hmm. learnings. And so yeah. it gives us a way to kind of connect to something. And so I've always been able to speak in acronyms or alliterations or things that are just memorable. And so I knew that there was an acronym coming through that. And it woke me up at two in the morning once. And what came through was the N is the negative self-talk filters and frames that we create. So it is, it's that, and there's a, not just the the self-talk that we all know, but the stuff that we don't know that's inadvertently getting in our way. Then there is the O, which is the opinions of others we choose, whether consciously or unconsciously, choose to interpret internalize. We make other people's nonsense and truth our reality when in fact we have choices to make inside of that space. The I then becomes the inefficiencies we're creating every day. It's the busy for the sake of being busy. It's the Mm -hmm. same yes to things that absolutely are not for you and not learning how to create appropriate boundaries. The S then is the shooting all over yourself. And I always joke with people, if you think I said something else, it is the same the thing. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. You are burying yourselves in layers of the crap with the yes. I shoulds, I shoulds, I got to, I have to, all of that obligatory feeling like something is imposed on you. And then the mm-hmm. E becomes the excuses that we create and perpetuate. And they usually come from four areas. Um, it's the fear of money, which we have all kinds of stories about and make mm-hmm. all kinds of excuses why we don't do things. It's the fear of judgment or criticism. And -hmm. it's the fear of failure and or success. And I would say for a lot of people, fear of success is actually a stronger fear than the fear of failure because fear of success is a fear of change. It's a fear of taking greater responsibility. It's Mm -hmm. in a fuller capacity. And then there's the fear of rejection. It's the fear of what if someone says no. And so I have, over the course of the last 10 years, built out a framework to talk about how do you then effectively destroy the noise as it resides in those five areas. Mm. I I love that. What a powerful acronym. That is, you know, that is really powerful. And I can relate to all of that in my past, without a doubt. And it is interesting, you know, a lot of people, we immediately think about success, it's the fear of success, but you're, you're right, there is a lot of people that also have that fear of, sorry, it's normally you jump to the fear of failure. Right. But yeah, and I remember feeling, well, I don't want things to change. I enjoy my freedom. I don't want to be too busy. I don't want to be responsible. 
Yeah. Um, and that totally held me back. And it was and it was really unconscious as well. It was hidden. Didn't even know it was there. So, yeah, yeah it's that mentor that used to say to me all the time, which dog are you going to feed? Because both dogs mm-hmm. show up. The fear of failure says I'm afraid to look foolish. I'm, it goes more yeah. into that fear judgment. Yeah. Fear of failure says, I, I'm afraid to be a novice. I'm afraid to not know how to do something and have to start from ground zero. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that I'm going to put all this work in and it's the whole, what if the grass isn't greener on the other side? There's a whole lot of fear there, yep. but the fear of success is truly around wow, when I know something new, I now can't go back. And so there's a new level of expectation. There's a new level of responsibility. There's a no longer playing small in that capacity. Hmm. And so there's this space of, I don't want to take more responsibility. I don't want to be busier. I don't want to have to give up my comfort, which it was interesting Mm. reading a great book right now by Terry Cole called Boundary Boss. And she has a quote that says, "Um, your comfort zone is a prison. And I just Absolutely. was like, oh, right. And what's yeah. interesting about those five pieces of the noise is they don't happen in isolation. That noise is going on in all capacities mm-hmm. for many of us at different levels. Even as we've done work, there are aspects. I have done this work for a long time. Yep. And I'm very clear that I teach what I still need to learn. Absolutely. Because as I lean into this framework more, Ooh, I get my butt kicked seriously as yes. another layer falls off. And I'm like, oh, ooh, there's when, more when ways. Does it, yeah, when it does it end? When no, it, it doesn't. And that's but part it of doesn't, life, does right? it? That's it the doesn't. journey is yeah. we get to continue. And it's the way we choose to show up in that. And it's the way we choose to clean our lens. So our perspective of how we're experiencing that is what shifts as the layers fall apart. Yes. Yeah. And you talk about, and and hard work was another thing for me. I don't want things to be hard. I'm all about creating ease and having things come to me effortlessly. So that was something that kept me stuck for a long time. And it was, um, you know, that realization is actually, this is my life, my rules or my business, my rules. So I get to interact and play instead of work and that again that was such a massive shift because even though you know we don't have to carry that responsibility either do we you know no, and that's a huge part of the noise right that's mm-hmm. that shooting and what's interesting about what you just said is when we look at change and I've done a lot of work around change management I yeah. did a lot I studied it trained it I, I used to do a lot of work in my corporate career there are three fears that fundamentally show up when we talk about change, when we talk about moving out of that prison that is your comfort zone. And it is one, it's the first The, the first fear is, oh my gosh, uh, what do I have to give up, right? We, we fear yes. what we have to give up. I got to give up my freedom. I got to give up my time. I've got to give up. We get so caught in the what if story of mm-hmm. worry, anticipating things that have never happened that we forget to turn the dial in the perspective to say, it's not about what I lose, but what could I effectively gain instead? Um, The second thing to what you just said specifically is, oh, this is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's going to require so much work. It's the pain of Mm -hmm. the effort, right? Instead of looking at this can be fun and easy. Mm -hmm. And what if I gamify this? Imagine if 
Yeah. Instead of, oh, this is so hard. I get to make this be a game that, mm-hmm. is, that engages me, challenges me, taps into my curiosity. And the third thing that shows up for people is that fear of what if I do all this and the grass isn't greener on the other side. And to your point, when you start, when we started this discussion, we forget that it's the journey. We forget yes. that it's the journey itself that is the joy, that is the opportunity, that is the gift, that is never the outcome. The problem for a lot of people and where noise also creeps in is they keep wanting to achieve an outcome and that's their end stop. And yes. when they get there, then they fall off and they're like, well, now I'm not happy anymore. Now I'm miserable because it, it's, it's a continuous external drive for something mm-hmm. instead of understanding that, no, this work never goes away. It is the human experience is to peel back the layers to find our way back home. That is the point. That is yeah. life. That is the yeah. journey. And when you embrace that with gratitude to say, Oh, I'm here to experience that. Yeah. So I'm here to arrive at. Oh, yes. All the it's so magical. And we let those three fears really creep in when mm-hmm. we think about change because mm-hmm. we think, oh my gosh, what am I gonna lose? How hard is it gonna be? Or what if I do all this work and there's no reward? Yes. And yeah, that's all that work. Nothing, I don't get anything back. That's really keeps people stuck doesn't it I know it kept me stuck is it worth it is this worth my while is this worth my effort and as you said if you're not focusing on the outcome of this is what I want to come from this and you're actually focusing on the adventure of it and treating it like a game and treating it like some one big adventure that I just you know I, the the weight just lifts off your shoulders doesn't it and um, I just want to make another point about comfort zones as well um, have you noticed? I know I, I've certainly noticed. Um, you, yeah, you, it's a great phrase. Your comfort zone becomes your prison. Your comfort zone actually starts to become really uncomfortable when you is doesn't it? When you sit in it too long and you've got a calling or a, sure. a you you are being you know that there's more or you want to do more. You you start to get really antsy and unsettled and you get that anxiety or you might feel low or depressed or just frustrated and fed up. And that's sort of for me, that's my body letting me know it's time to step out. It's time to make another move for, you know, step forward and and feel and do something that's more expansive than what I'm doing now. So, you know, comfort zones become very uncomfortable when we stay in them too long. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. It's that space for me. And I, I joke, one of my frames around that I talk about, I get very, re- there's a restlessness that I actually feel like I want to punch out of my body because mm-hmm. we forget that our body is our best friend. Our body is our biggest truth teller. And when we allow ourselves the space and grace to listen to what our body is showing us, the tightness and spaces, the contraction, whatever is showing up, it is guiding us to say this box, this cage that I've put myself in is suffocating me right now. And I need mm-hmm. to get out. I want to actually get out of my body because I can't breathe. And when we dial into that calling, that intuition that comes, that is the oxygen. That is the air that helps us expand big enough to push the edges of the cage we've created and break past that. And mm-hmm. you are a thousand percent right, because it's only when the 
pain of staying in the same space becomes greater than all these anticipated fears and the pain of what we think change is going to create is when we can step out of it. And oftentimes it is that space of, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm, I so don't even want to be in my own body right now. I'm just like wanting to punch out of it. Um, that's that restlessness that says your comfort zone is strangling and suffocating you right now. And you can't yeah. breathe until you free yourself from it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so many times I've felt that. Or you no, know, ants in your pants <laughs> when you were little. <laughs> and I constantly had ants in my pants when I was little. <laughs> yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So how, how do we, I mean, we talk, how do we, um, we talked a lot about the noise, but also I think, and that I think you've answered the next question in terms of what you feel holds most people back from tapping into their into exponential potential. And and I think the noise is all of that. Well, and underlying that noise is the narrative that we create, right? It mm -hmm. is the story that we keep buying into. And one of the things that I work with people around is changing the what if game changing the what if what if typically feels very heavy feels very anchoring feels very limiting it's what if this what if I fail what if I fall what if I what if I what if I what if I and I have people shift that from this narrative that they continue to feed because energy just is energy right whatever yeah. we choose to bring our attention to is what we manifest and bring to us. The universe is not biased. It doesn't care. It simply is responding to whichever space. And I used to tell people to level up their what if, and now I instead have told people to change the frame entirely. So mm -hmm. change the word what if to imagine if. It's mm -hmm. really difficult to play the negative, debilitating, anchoring game of that whole worry and anxiety, which is just the anticipation of something that hasn't happened. That's what fear is. It's just yes. the anticipation of something, worry, all of that wasted emotion, wasted energy. Yeah. You, so I tell people when you feel that first, what if show up that narrative start to take over, I want you to circumvent it and replace it with five imaginifs instead because what yes. happens there's a magic to that the first two get easy so for example i'll give you an example people will say well what if i fail i'm like okay great what's an imaginif they're like okay imagine if i succeed i'm like okay great, great. that took a lot of effort i'm like give me another one <laughs> like, well imagine if i could succeed i could actually be debt free okay great and so they like the first two is kind of easy the third <laughs> one still they'll be like well imagine if i could succeed i could actually create jobs for other people and then all of a sudden you start to see a shift because then they start to go deeper in the imagine if, and then because that those words imagine if it's a call to your imagination to wake up. It's a call to your creativity. It's a call to your intuition. It's a call to your purpose, your divinity, your calling. When you say imagine it, everything in your, your like design and making it says, well, wait, we're here to play. What, 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 what? You said, imagine I get to play. So you need to warm it up with the first two or three. By the time you get to four or five, it's when I see this incredible shift where people like you can see the energy release. You can see the weight come off. You can see the breath move through and people start getting emotional and they start getting connected and they'll say things like, imagine if 
I could be so successful that I could provide things for my family I never had myself. Imagine if I could be creating the kind of impact and influence I want in the world. And then now they're in that space that they're activating. And I tell people constantly, you can give energy to either story. Most of the time, the what if story actually requires more effort and energy because it's a bullshit story that you have to make up because it's never happened. Whereas in the imagine if it's already that thing that lights you up that you dream about. So it's already been started. It takes far less energy to play imagine if than it does the what if and which feels more delicious and delightful and awesome. So changing that fame, that's that story getting into the what if before it takes over and Mm -hmm. saying, not today, you're not gonna, I love the way Wayne Dyer used to say that, you don't get to steal my joy today. That what if is showing up because something scares me. It's pushing me out of my comfort zone. There's something I need, I don't have. I've got to get out, I have the courage to ask. Imagine if, just is a game changer and it it Mm -hmm. moves that narrative into a space that activates that desire that's already been percolating inside of you. It's what you signed up for in your soul contract. It's why you are here. And when you breathe life into that, your imagination takes over. And that is a very, 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 if not single-handedly most powerful thing you possess in your body. Wow. Yeah. That is so, it's, that's beautifully put. And when you're talking about the what ifs or, or the yes buts, because oh, the, the yes oh. buts and the what ifs, you, it's almost like you can feel someone dragging that behind them or on their shoulders, can't you? You're like, oh, but what if, or yes, but. And it's like, oh, but the imagination, the imagine or is already uplifting you. And you almost you do, you feel uplifted. Your body leans into it, doesn't it? And you're engaging your creative part of your brain, your right side of your brain. So that when you do that, it kind of shuts up the logical side, doesn't it? It shuts down the yes, what if, the yes buts. But when you engage the creativity, you, you're creating upon that creation, aren't you? You're creating upon that first imagine if, and you just continue to create. So you're creating that momentum into it. Yeah, that is. That's- well, and see, and what you just said right there, um, and anybody that's done work in human design, one of the first things you recognize is we've been taught the inverse of how we actually are designed to operate in this world. We get taught to lead from our head and drop into our heart when actually mm-hmm. it's our heart and our gut that guide us, our brain is only there to look at how do I go about doing these things. The creation, the creativity doesn't actually come from the logical aspect of your brain. It comes from your your beingness in the space of what lights you up. What what gets into your gut and it's like that resounding yes or it's a no I know I'm not available for that yes and no complete sentences your body knows how to discern between them and that energy of what lights you up what gives you juice what gives you fire your brain then is there to say "Ooh, what do we need to be doing then consistently? how do we show up to make that possible how do we open up access the how is important after 
you get clear about the what and why. Yes. We tend to want to figure out the how, which is none of our business, actually. Mm-hmm. The how, we keep going, how would that happen? I don't know. And we get so caught up in this very limited dimensional space instead of freeing ourselves to say, ooh, the expansiveness says anything's possible. And I love your yes. exponential potential, right? All possibilities. Infinite. Yes. My yes. title of my book is You Empowered Strong, Infinite Possibilities in the Power of Yes. When it is a resounding, lights you up, opens up like every chakra, everything's lit up. You're like a little pinball machine go bing, 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 bing. And it's a yes. Your body is so viscerally like, yes. Everything and anything is possible and it is infinite when we get out of our human brain of, how am I going to make that happen? Doesn't matter. Instead, have your brain say, how do I open up access for more? How do I play bigger? How do I dance in instead of how do I? Great. Yes. Yeah, because, you know, one of our biggest things in our brain is to keep us safe, isn't it? Yes. Um, so if we are in our brains too much, our brain gets in the way because it wants to keep us safe and keep us in our comfort zone. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. For no, sure. that that was so, that was amazing, really expansive. And just my cells are all tingling and buzzing. If I, if I, if I had little light bulbs, I'd be like, you could see me from space. totally lit lit up (laughs) so what happens I mean we talked about uh, so talked about noise and clearly what happens when it creeps in all the things that happen to us and keep us in that in that box um but I want to know a little bit about um how the noise almost cost you your life. That's a, sounds like an interesting story. And, and this, is, this, is what I'm, this is what can happen if we ignore and keep going on that track, isn't it? Yeah, and we yeah. have a culture um, of over everything right now, overperforming, overfunctioning, overgiving, overcompensating, over, 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 which is also leading to an incredible space of overfrustrated, overstressed, over anxious, over burnt out, over exhausted, over fatigued, over, over, overwhelmed. And, uh, <laughs> as I mentioned in the beginning, I've had many defining moments that have hit where I've hit rock bottom, and it's been unsettling to push me out of that comfort zone. And one of them happened. During my time in corporate, I was actually working uh, for GE Healthcare at the time. And I was legitimately, and I know sometimes we tell the stories and it's we like to exaggerate. And legitimately, on average, I was working about 80 plus hours a week. Um, literally had Saturdays off to run some kind of errands, whatever. I also was on the road a fair amount where I would leave on Sundays, I'd be in three different cities, I'd come back Friday night. I would be back online Sunday. I mean, it was just, it was a nonstop game. And I I joke that if I were to write my autobiography of that period, uh, and and the younger kids won't may not know what this is, but I say that my my book would be called Sleeping with My Crackberry. Um, so those little devices before we had iPhones and and smartphones, those Blackberries that mm-hmm. ruled our life. 
Um, literally, literally had a place on my bed where it's, it it rested on the other pillow in my queen size bed because I was so afraid I was going to miss something that needed to be done because everything was a fire drill. Everything was a priority. I would get messages from my boss at 11 o'clock at night, 11 PM needing something for the next morning or needing to, and it would be a Saturday night and he wanted it two o'clock by Saturday, Sunday. Um, I would be traveling and he would call and he's like, I knew you were up anyway. It'd be six o'clock. I'd be heading into a meeting with a client. He'd be like, I need you to send this to me. Like it was just a nonstop fire drill. And so what had happened was I did what, what is known as, I, I like to call it the above the neck or shallow breathing. When we tend to get anxious and stressed, what one of the things we tend to do is we either hold our breath. So we just go and we just stick all that energy in our body or we do the kind of hyperventilating shallow. Right. And so what really uncomfortable, I ended up with a pain in my chest. I actually thought I was having a heart attack. I was about 35 at the time. This is about 15 years ago now. Um, just to give you my age, I'll be 49 this year. Um, but it was around 35 and I started having this debilitating pain in my chest. Of course, when the pain started to take over, I looked at my calendar. And I'm like, I ain't got time for this. I'm just going to suck it up and keep moving on. Cause you know, I was working on my computer, had a phone in one ear, I a device in another, I would have five things going on at once. Right. And yeah. so it got to the point where I couldn't stand up that I got to the point where I literally, which it would just hurt. And so instead of going to emergency, anything's I finally went to the doctor and I'm sitting in the emergent or sitting in the waiting room. And I had an epiphany because first of all, if you've ever, if you're, you know, an educated, I, I engineering degree, mechanical engineering degree, MBA. So I did what any educated person does when they're like, I think I'm dying. They get on WebMD and they go self-diagnose, right? And if you've ever done that and scrolled down, I don't care if you broke your fingernail. If you scroll down far enough, you are dying. You either have cancer, you're having a heart attack, or you have some like rare disease that's killing you. Like it does not matter. I've actually gone out and tested it. Everything is one of those three things. So of course I see heart attack. And of course, when you have a pain, in your chest and you're not breathing that doesn't do a lot for your sense of I can't breathe so I'm sitting Mm -hmm. in the waiting room at my doctor's office and the walls came crashing down because I remember a voice a really quiet voice in my head said Candy when was the last time you slept and my punchy response started to kick in and the small voice said no I don't mean when you worked yourself to exhaustion. I don't mean when you passed out on your computer. I don't mean when you drank five, six, however many martinis it was last night, putting, taking the edge off that you passed out or the two bottles of wine. I'm not talking about that. When is the last time you legitimately had a good night's sleep? And I sat there and I was like, wasn't this week? Wasn't, it wasn't within a three week period. I couldn't remember. And as soon as I allowed myself to answer that question, the barrage of additional questions or shame, as I like to call it, came flooding through because it said, oh my God, the doctor's going to ask you why you're thinking you have a heart attack. Oh my God, you're going to have to tell them about your binge eating. You're going to have to tell them about your binge drinking. Oh my God, didn't you go shopping last week? Holy crap. Is that bag still in the hallway? Did you even take it out? How much money did you spend? What did you buy? Holy crap. Like it just like all of the taking the edge 
addictions, the obsessive compulsive ways I was trying to manage and control my stress came crashing down to where I almost had a panic attack in the off in his office. No surprise. Ended up with a battery of tests because we couldn't figure out what was going on. I had MRIs, CAT scans. I had my first endoscopy, colonoscopy, you name it. That when I came back into, and mind you, the whole time this pain, he's like, good news is you're not dying of a heart attack. Then he, said, then he said, sit down, we need to talk. Because what was very clear though, is I, after all these tests had manifested a mass mm-hmm. in my chest that actually tripped a sliding hiatal hernia I didn't even know I had. And I was slowly killing myself. I had manifested energy that created a mass in my chest. 15 years later, there is no mass. I have no problems. It was the biggest wake up call for me to realize that if I continue down this path, I'm going to be dead by 40. It literally, I was killing myself and selling my soul Mm. because I allowed myself to believe that my worth was tied up in what I did, how I was judged for it, what I achieved and all of that shooting, all of that negative self-talk, all of those filters, all of that frame, all of the opinions of others, all of the stuff, just like, and it legitimately created a weight in my body that knocked me out. And so that was for me, the epitome of Mm -hmm. defiance that had me start to reclaim back my life and my power. And now you are grateful that that happened. For sure. It had to happen because it was a catalyst that Mm -hmm. began the then eight-year journey um, or five, whatever it was, five-year journey to get me in a position because I ended up leaving GE. I ended up working for another company for five years, which then set me up because I worked with a leader who helped me strip some of that apart Mm -hmm. that got me into a position that I then walked away and said, this is what I need to be getting in front of other people. So a lot of the people I work with are those type A plus personalities that are over everything. They are at a place of such overwhelm Mm -hmm. that they need to learn how to reclaim their power back to be overflowing instead. Yes. And so yeah. I had to, and it's funny because even when I left corporate, my mom made a joke. She said, you know, you kept saying you were going to write a book because it's one of the first things I did. And I said, I just needed the bookends. I needed the story. And so I had to hit rock bottom so that I could then be a voice and catalyst to help others avoid that cliff before they mm-hmm. fall off. Yeah. Yeah. The universe is always happening for you. Yes. And the when even when it, even when it feels of, it's not a two by fours, because I don't always listen right away. So I get yeah, I think first. I think that was more than a two by four. Oh, I get a lot of two by fours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that was like that was a I don't know, that was a hundred by two hundred or something. That was well, that was crazy cement block that hit how you. Much, right, how many of us need that? Because I would mm, every year listen. 
in corporate, I would have bronchitis every winter because my body was so fatigued out. I would not slow down that my body's like, fine, I'm going to level you for three weeks. If you don't take care of yourself, I need you to do more. And I can't, you're not taking care of you. You can't do more. So I'm going to let you flat for three. I literally would be knocked out for a three week period almost every year. I have not been sick once since that that happened because it was a different way of showing up and making mm-hmm. different in your life. And like you say, the culture is we've got to push through it, you know, push through it. Come on, you're a wuss if you don't. Um, get up. Yeah. And then until you actually are flat on your back and you can't literally move, that's what happens, isn't it? The universe is like, yep, you you are not going anywhere. You're resting. We put such a cheap price on our soul. We sell our soul for the most ridiculous things because I I saw a meme not too long ago that I was like, oh, if I could reiterate this point for people, Mm -hmm. if you were to die, your job would replace you tomorrow. And I just think about how much people sell their freedom. And I'm not saying working for a company is bad. I'm saying there's a way to reclaim your power and show up and lead. And so when I talk about leadership as a choice, I talk about it from a frame of leadership starts with you. It starts with you filling your cup first. It starts with you understanding that leadership is a function of how you choose to show up, how you choose to serve others, and how you choose to take personal responsibility inside those two spaces. And in order for you to serve others, you must be fuller overflowing, which is why I say taking people from a place of overwhelm, which is depleted tapped out and like living on a last leg to how do you replenish and fill all five of your cups spiritual mental emotional physical and energetic to the point where they are brimming full or overflowing so that you can serve the best and highest capacity of your light your gifts your talents your love so i just want to add to that and this is a conversation that i had i've i've had with um with somebody else about how about we take care of ourselves for ourselves, just for us? Yes. yes, it's amazing that we want to be a contribution. And that's a good stepping stone as well. Because I that's, you know, I teach my clients the same in terms of you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of our of yourself. But how about we can release that and actually take care of us because we already are worthy of that and that is enough without having to justify anything else. I love that. Yes. I tell people all the time, there is no reason. It's just because it's just because, because you are here breathing on this earth in this moment, just because all of that is your, yes, it's your birthright. It's your everything for you. And what's so crazy about that is when you make it and people are like, that's so selfish. I'm like, no, it's not. It's self-full. It's self-love. It's recognizing that actually you just activating you because you put you first for you because all of what you're here to just naturally does without you doing anything. It's not about you having to be anything other than just because you're here for you, you, I love that so much, Jenny, because mm-hmm. it's true. We don't have to do, we don't have to fill our cup for anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's just because, just because you deserve to have your cup full and overflowing. You're yes, here to we all do. the most yeah. beautiful, joyous, exquisite life 
in all of its, its, its fullness and beauty and just because that's it. Mm. Yes. Just because. So just share a couple. Um, I know that you've, there's a, there's a gift at the end that will go into more detail, but just share a couple of other strategies that you use to help you destroy the noise. Yeah. Help you shut that down. One of the biggest strategies I work with people on is reclaiming back their morning and evening. And so Mm -hmm. I call that the bookends. If you are not creating space on how you start your day and how you end your day, you will never be in a position to put yourself first. You just won't. And so your morning being your most critical, most critical time. And I call that your morning map. And it's, are you giving yourself a, a space for movement to wake your body, your being, your cells, your, your energy back up? Are you creating a space to activate mind, body, and spirit? So what do you need to feed yourself, nourish yourself? Are you mm. spending quiet space, getting your mind right, your heart right, your spirit right? Are you replenishing? Are you nourishing? Are you activating your body? And then the P is around your purpose. Are you giving yourself space to connect back to your why and set intention for how you choose to show up for that day? So that mm. morning space, that, that place of your morning nap, creating that roadmap for yourself on, this is how I get to show up and serve and who I'm choosing to be. This is, this is what's important to me. This is why I woke up this morning. This Mm -hmm. is what gets me out of bed. So important that we do that before. And we've got to learn to lead ourselves before we can lead anybody else. And what happens is people have their face in their devices. They're answering emails. They're dealing with the kids. No, if you can't do that because your kids get up the same thing, get up a half an hour early. And I know but you are worth and you are worth that half an hour of time. You will show up differently for yourself and others as a result. In the evening, I like to call it, you need to put on your evening PJs. So what you need to do is you need to put away all your devices. The P of the PJs is put your devices away. You need space not to be engaged in that blue light. You need space not to be in everybody else's crap on social media. You need to let that stuff go and quiet down your body and mind. And then you need to journal. And if you don't journal by writing, you need to speak it into something. You need to sit in reflection. You need to ask yourself, how did I do today? How did I show up today? What did I learn today? How did I lift someone up? How did I take care of me today? Where did I show up? Where did I cop out? And and the one I always tell people to leave themselves with is, what do I love most about me today? What did, oh, how, nice. do I, how do I honor me today? And then the last piece, the S is the sleep. Have you set up an environment for sacred sleep? Do you have a distraction free? Is the temperature, have you prepped what you need for the next day so that you can go to bed free, mm-hmm. that you closed out the day? Yes. So you can honor that. The best way to fuel that imagination we talked about before is to go to bed clear go to bed with a sacred space you've created to honor your rest and restoration because your imagination gets fed and gets activated while you're sleeping. And so you get to fuel what you dream about, what you think about, all of that 
in that time. And so if you do nothing else, starting with 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening to give yourself that morning mat and give yourself the evening PJs so that you are creating bookends of more intentional space for you to fill your cups for you yeah. um, is the biggest strategy that I tell people to start with when it comes to distress. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then of course, there's all sorts of things through the day, but I think it's important, you know, creating space is so key, you know, creating quiet time, morning and evening, but, all, and, and make sure you have time to do that through the day as well. There are yeah. times, yeah, where you, creating space is, I found such a powerful thing to do in terms of re-energizing you, nourishing you, allowing that mind to quieten down and for solutions and ideas and creativity to flow through you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Candy. That was awesome. So, oh, just so much passion and you can totally just, I just feel like I said, so to totally lit up. Um, so tell us a little bit about the free gift that you're offering. So the free gift, there'll be a link. Um, there'll be a link to all of Candy's social media handles, as well as the link to this free gift. Um, so tell us a little bit um, about your free gift that you're offering. Yeah, thank you. Um, my free gift is an ebook that actually is called 13 Strategies on How to Destroy the Noise, 13 being my favorite number. Um, it is, it actually walks you through the five aspects of noise and breaks down what I really mean when I talk about the negative self-talk, the opinions of others, the, the five pieces. Um, and it brings to light some things that maybe you are not aware of are showing up for you. And so it's some of that inadvertent ways you're getting in your own way. And yes, then yeah. And um, there are 13 strategies on things that you could do that are tweaks. I am all about taking that 1%. How do you change? Too often we try to do the overhaul, which also Over creates time. Yeah. This is ways that you can create yourself, um, create sustainable success, create a steady rhythm. Um, but there are strategies. And then I also have a couple bonuses in the book itself where mm -hmm. there are some printable posters and visuals that you can hang to remind yourself of the strategies and um, how you effectively destroy the noise. Fantastic. And how? what's the best way to reach you as well? If someone wants to find out more of how to work with you, either as an individual or as a team, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, I would say one of two ways, either uh, through my website directly, candybarone.com. Um, it's spelled candybarone.com. Easy to find me. Um, or on either Facebook or LinkedIn. Those are my two. Um, I am on those um, constantly. And again, you just look for Candy Barone. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, yeah. And we'll include the links on the uh, in the description as well. Thank you so much, Candy. That was just so powerful. And I'm sure that the listeners will have gleaned a lot of helpful information. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank and you so much, Jenny. It was so awesome being here and playing with you. And I just, I so appreciate what you're doing and who you are so much. And I just love you and adore you. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening. And until next time, until the next episode, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. 
We'd love to hear your comments and feedback. And if you've enjoyed it, please click on that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up and feel free to share. Join us for our next episode of the Exponential Potential podcast. Ignite your potential and thrive in times of great change.